I love, so glad to have you checking out the show. This show was recorded a little while ago, but this invitation is current present moment for May 2021. Uh, Amy Jo Goddard, also known, now known as Imagination, is running another Firewoman retreat. This time the theme is spiritual transformation sexual initiation and power. And I am inviting you to come and join us, have another four-day, absolute, miracle-filled, beautiful, and fun experience. I am collaborating and teaching um, halfway through, and I will be there participating. So please, if you have not had a chance to nourish yourself and find your center and re-educate and step out of this world who really just has so many things to say about sexuality that are just not true. Um, Come join us and be in a sex positive space and find your own truth around your sexuality and your spirituality. That's the invitation. Check it out. The link is in the show notes. You can go to sophiawiseone.com backslash firewoman. Also, that'll take you there too. Okay. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here, and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person. And that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks. And at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding, and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's show. I am Sophia Wiseone, your host, and I am grateful and delighted, as per usual, that the internet has brought us together yet again through the magic of podcasing. It's... I don't even, I can't even, I just, is everybody else with me on this? I just, is everybody's head spinning and tails growing very fast? I don't know. I I do. I think I'm very clear on it. I think that is what is happening. I don't know anyone who isn't having immense growth and rapid fire expansion of perspective right now. So that's where you are. Love you. And uh, grateful to be with you today. And Come on in, get settled, because we're going to just keep that process of expanding perception and connecting to why we're really here, what we can do with ourselves once we're here. I'm really excited today. I have a very special guest, 
And this special guest is personally important to me because although in a second, I'm going to throw just a little tiny bit of her like credentials at you. She also is straight up the person I have hired and started to work with to help cultivate and heal and hone and deepen my connection to my sexuality. So like very much a personal vouch here for the woman that's joining us today. Amy Jo is the author of Woman on Fire, Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence, and is the co-author of the best-selling classic, if y'all haven't heard of it, check it out, Lesbian Sex Secrets for Men. And she has been around a long time, over two decades, sexual empowerment and education all over the country, all over the place. And her biggest thing right now that I'm excited about is her retreat that's coming up very soon, Firewoman Retreat. And Amy Jo, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be with you here. I know you are in the, I don't, I don't know what to call it, the thick of it, the heat of it, the, the movement of it, and like a birthing process is what like just wants to come out of my mouth. Yeah. Pro- big projects are like that. <laughs> I don't have children, but yeah. you know, sometimes people who are parents get mad when we call other things like books births, but um, yeah, it's the birthing process that we all experience as we create the things we're here to create. So we all go through it. I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I, so oh, I get so excited. And then I think of three questions at once. <laughs> One of the things that um, <laughs> I've been thinking about a lot has been, what are the things I'm just going to like jump right in there when we'll see how this land, where we land in this, which is just, what are the things that most people think they know about themselves or their sexuality that when you get into a conversation, they don't really know. Like people think they know. Oh, That's a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I, as you can imagine, I get a lot of people curious about what it is I do. And then, you know, a lot of sort of like defensiveness for lack of a better word, Mm. you know, so I get that in general, like this idea of like, oh, that's really cool. That's what you do. I mean, I don't need that Uh, or anything, uh but you know, that's, that's cool. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, like, So I think, you know, in general, there's this idea that they should know, Mm -hmm. you know, that we should know Mm -hmm. about sex. I mean, I'm an adult. I'm a grown up. Mm -hmm. I'm 40 years old. I should know. You know, I'm 28 years old. I should know. And I don't think there is any should know. I mean, why? Why should you know? I got I got zero, actually. I got zero sex education growing up. Mm. Some of us got some. But it, you know, certainly didn't prepare you to be a sexual adult, um, even if it was great sex education, which is unlikely. You know, more and more there's great at sex education. But I think when most of us, you know, most adults now were growing up, we may not have gotten that. So I think there's just this shame and idea that, oh, my God, I should know about sex, but I don't. And so I think there's a little bit of a worry of being found out. But I think that when people start Mm. to ask questions, there can be some really nice openings that happen in the conversation. And some like, oh, oh, I never thought of it like that. Like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Or maybe, you know, maybe that is something that I need. Or, you know, I think I think when the defenses come down, there is just a general openness. I'm trying to think if there's specific things because I love your question. I'm like, are there? Well, no, I just, a couple things come to mind. One is like the, the element of like the, the realness. I just really relate to that. The realness of like not thinking it's for me when it comes to like empowerment mm-hmm. or personal development work, like at all. Mm-hmm. And like that, that kind of just like, Oh, nope. Like, nope. That's cool. It's so good that that exists for other people. And there's this, right. you know, like, Oh, that's so good that that exists for other people. And then, and then once people start talking and I feel like the thing that I, I hear the most around sexuality and I hear it out of my own mouth too. And I hear it a lot reflected and like, maybe that's particularly my path, right? In that way, in that way of getting that reflected back at me. But is that piece of um, like, is this normal, right? Like the, yeah. the piece of like, yeah. is this normal or like, like I can't, it's like, I don't really want to tell you what this is. Cause this is, is weird. I think one of the things that I 
I wonder about is why why do people think sex is supposed to be predictable? Is that a weird question? I feel like people like you're asking great questions. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I love that that yeah, that you zeroed in on that piece, right? Because there is a certain way in which normalcy is predictable and that's why it's comfortable. Mm. And um and I think that really is the biggest fear. You know, the, the, actually what I always say the two biggest fears around sex are is the fear of being judged and the fear of being rejected. But really what's underneath both of those is, am I normal? You know, that's the question that's <sighs> under both fears. So, right. <laughs> you know, people are very familiar with the idea of like the fear of rejection, right? right. Most people have that on some level, <laughs> you know, if you're an actor or, you know, you have some kind of uh, career that requires like auditioning and trying out for things on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you're, you probably get a little more used to it and you practice it more, which I think is a good thing to practice because it's just an, it's a, it's a normal part of life actually. Um, but I think there's this idea underneath the fear of rejection that, um, I'm being rejected because there's something that's not okay about me or not lovable about me, right. uh, not likable. So, so I think that's kind of underneath that. And then the, that fear of, of judgment is, yeah, like we get really afraid of doing things that might be out of the box or things that people don't talk about on a regular basis or things that people are going to think are freaky or weird. Um, because sex is so vulnerable and personal. No one wants to think that, that that piece at the core of who they are is weird or freaky or, or somehow not normal. And, um, so I think we do, we go to great lengths to not experience that judgment and that rejection. Mm. As someone who, who, um, voluntarily takes yourself into that vulnerability. I don't think that's an assumption. Mm. I mean, maybe it's a little bit of an assumption, but mm. I feel like that's, I, you know, it's what's kind of compelled me towards you is a, is a boldness. And actually I listened to, um, you speak on another, on another podcast in which someone asked you a question and your initial response was like, Oh, nope, not going to share that. And then I heard you kind of drop in and go, all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'll share that. It was, it was a, a fantasy question of like, have you ever shared that with anyone? And you were like, ah, all right. What else? Or, you know, and, and, and like, as someone who, who does that, who chooses to like take the excruciating exposure, high rewards, high risk path, are there ways that you tend your tenderness either before, during and after like a, an exposure of that underbelly? Hmm. I think it's, yeah. I mean, I think I build it in pretty well. I mean, I think that cause it's who I've been for so long. Totally. You know? Right. It's like, going, yeah. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah. You know, and I think earlier in my career when I started to take those kinds of risks in a very, uh, public way, I mean, I published, um, Lesbian Sex Secrets for Men that was published when I was ni- 29 years old, before I was 30. And so I was young, and that was like a huge coming out. I mean, you really can't come out bigger than like, I'm going to put it on in the title of a book and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. publish it with a major publisher that'll get it all around the world. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it started there, you know, it started when I was young in my 20s. And, um, you know, and I was, I was telling a group of women, you might've been there. I think it was in that group, uh, that when I built my first website, there wasn't one photo on it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was a long time ago and websites have definitely come a long way, but you know, my friends were like, uh, AJ, there's, you might put some photos up, (laughs) you know? And so I think that anyone, when, when we start to put ourselves out, is going to have that to a degree. And then with what I'm doing, it's at a, you know, it, it is such a personal thing. I think because I talk about it on a regular basis, that part doesn't phase me, but it is, I think the piece of like, yeah, sometimes I'm going to keep some things for me, you know, mm-hmm. like just because I'm in the public eye and just because I talk very openly and I do, um, I do use self-disclosure and, and storytelling as teaching tools, where appropriate, I, uh, you know, I think that there should always be a reason for self-disclosure and not all teachers. I've learned do that. a lot about that over the years. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's so it it needs to have a purpose. But yeah, sometimes there is this feeling of like, well, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to keep my fantasies for me. Um, and I know that by taking those actions that I give people a lot of permission to, um, to explore who they are, be who they are, or maybe acknowledge something that they weren't able to acknowledge before, you know, to come out. I mean, I've gotten so many wonderful letters about people coming out and their mm. excitement and the things they're discovering about themselves, you know, and that's, that's just beautiful. That is, you know, one of the things about my work I love more than anything. So, so, um, so yeah, but in terms of self-care, you know, making sure that I am like attending to my heart surrounding myself with myself with people that I can be very honest and open and vulnerable with. Um, I have some really dear friends where, you know, I, I have that space and also where I could talk through, you know, like colleagues and, and friends that I can talk through. What does that mean when you come out in a big way or, uh, yeah. you know, how I might want to address self-disclosure that might feel very edgy. So I think that it is having support around me as well as, doing the yoga and, and the workouts and the walks and the things that, you know, being in nature and the things that keep me in my body and keep me grounded. Awesome. I, you know, one of the things I just had this conversation with a friend of mine the other night and, uh, he does a little bit of mentoring and, and he's done it for a long time, like maybe one or two people. It's not his main job, you know? And it's like, he kind of works in the tech world and we're having this conversation and he started to ask me about like, how, well, how did you become self-aware of the patterns you were running? And, um, and he, I always say to him, I was like, I, you with your leading questions, like you already have an idea in your head, but it's not my favorite style, but all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take the bait, you know? And so I started talking about it <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and he just kind of like nodded and I was, and he was like, so like how the question was like, so how did you be, but how did you become aware of the pattern? And I was like, dude, mm. that's like decades deep, you know, like, that's like, let me just, like, let me sum up mm -hmm. 30 years of like practice. And, and I wanted to bring that to light because kind of that notion of like, I asked like, how, do, how are you tender with yourself as you navigate being exposed? And your response was, I live a life of, in which I am exposing myself and I'm tender with myself. Like, that's how, that's how you like, it's like, how do you do that? And you're like, I made a life of it. Like, this is how mm -hmm. I live my life. And, and to, and, and I think that's useful because just, I know, you know, like listening, like beloveds listening right now, like in that process of wanting to live a tender and ex like, I want to live a tender life. I want to live an exposed life. Like, how do I get there? Um, is it even possible? You know, all of those notions that, it, that way in which like it is a strategy and it is an approach and it is a process and that. That's and then it becomes a way of being, right? Like the embodiment of it, and yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, I think also it's important to say like it's not right for everybody, you know. Um, right. Not not everyone needs to, you know, disclose in such a big way or come out in such mm -hmm. a big way in their lives. That's not the right choice for everyone. Um, for me, it has been a, the right choice and a, and a choice that's aligned with who I am and and what I stand for you know, and by no means is that like something that everyone needs to strive for, you know, not everyone's going to publish a book that says lesbian sex in the, in the <laughs> title. <laughs> um, and that's okay. Right. Right. And <laughs> you might just right. be like, I'm exactly. just going to come out to a few friends, <laughs> you know, in my family or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and, and my, I see the like micro macro of, would you say that that kind of tenderness and exposure is important or essential to have status in the bedroom or like in the sex space? I think it depends what kind of sex you want and what kind of connection you want. You know, I'm, uh, I think there's different kinds of sex and not everybody, you know, it, one of the biggest struggles people have sexually are people who are in long-term relationships and don't know how to keep it juicy. Right. And part of why that's hard is because they know so much about each other. So I don't think, like the goal isn't always more vulnerability, more self-effacement, more, you know, th that mystery creates tension. Like when there's mystery and that's why when people are like have been with somebody for a long time and, you know, 
get to go be with someone else either because they broke up or they're having an affair and they want to have a different experience it can be so exciting right because when when someone's new and there's the mystery and we don't know a lot of things there's that's a different kind of sex that's a different kind of connection and that connection with someone that knows you really well um is a is can be a really rich deep intimate companionate relationship that uh and way of relating that a lot of people do want um but uh yeah i don't think that again that that's always the goal so it just depends what what we're up for sometimes we don't have the bandwidth you know because it does take more energy to be seen in some way right Mm. if if we're not careful with our energy or if if um we don't know how to manage it well um or we just you know we can just get in overload sometimes so i think that's real too yeah i appreciate a lot of what you just said i think what what comes up for me is the notion of the risk-taking when so Mm -hmm. like in like the notion of risk taking whether it's with a new person and then you don't know them and that's where the risk is or whether you're bringing in something new right so like someone who really knows you well and you're like i want to and you've kind of been doing this like like you know it's like it's like a sweet hippie love thing for a while and you're like i want to bring in stilettos and like you know and like do something totally different that's like so outside that again that like normal or outside that notion of self that like that's a riskiness or a or a vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I do a lot of to answer my own question. Like a lot of what I do when I know I'm going to do something that feels risky for whatever reason, like that vulnerable, that kind of exposure, like risk, whether because it's um, new and going to be seen on the outside, or whether it's new just to myself, or whether it's the same thing I've done before. I feel like I'm in right now, like very much in this present moment. I'm in this space of re reiteration of doing things that I've always done, but doing it with more transparency or like, like I, um, like I did a, like, I, like I did this Facebook live the other day or Instagram live or whatever it was. I did a broadcast and I got off and I was so, I felt so weird. And I was like, I just realized I was like, Oh, I'm just not the person that I think I am in my head. Like I, I like had this vision in my head of like, I was going to show up, I'm going to do this thing. And, um, and then I did it. And at the end of it, I was like, Oh no, that, I mean, that was good. It was just like, I was just me. Like I was just me and like me is good, but like, it's not the me that I, that I like thought I would somehow be. And there's something about like that. So whether it's like doing something that's like different or whether it's doing something that's the same, but doing it with a, with a boldness in some way or another, like literally a broadcast or, or in a more intimate space, I do a lot of like, I just do a lot of coaching of myself in my life. I do a lot of like pre- mm-hmm. prepping myself or like in the middle of something like stopping and like checking in and like watching like all of those like patterns or the words that I'm saying or tracking my body. Like I'm like my own, I'm my own coach, right? Like tracking and like giving feedback and, and doing all of those things. And uh, yeah, that's what wanted to come out of my mouth. And there's something about this piece of um, bringing in mystery that I think is like, it's a, like inside an already established relationship. What do people, what do people do that, that they like, what, what works? There's like some things that, I mean, everything's different for every person, but like, I bet there's some things that repeat in there. Well, I think what works is staying creative about Mm, sex. mm, mm -hmm. That looks different for everybody. Uh, But this, when you stop putting energy into your sex life and you put it on autopilot, which is what the majority of people do, um, who are in longer term relationships or, you know, serial monogamous or whatever. um, I think that, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of hot, sexy energy in the beginning. People want to put more energy into it because it's really feeding them. And, you know, then there tends to be a phase where people move into like, oh, we're comfortable. We know what's going to happen next, you know, and sex kind of goes right in along with that. Right. Um, and that's not the way to keep sex particularly hot. Um, <laughs> predictable sex, you know, 
you know, I hear complaints about predictable sex that feels rote, that, that isn't really meeting the needs. Um, oh, I haven't talked to my partner about this for so long, and now I don't know how because it's going to hurt their feelings if I tell them. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a lot of that. And so I think if you, from the beginning, have the attitude of, we're going to talk about sex here. We're going to create the environment to talk about sex and make that a part of how we interact. And we're going to put energy into it beyond that in terms of creativity. Um, But I think if you have that foundation of, you know, we talk about sex, we're communicative, we're talking about our needs. um, We're talking about how it's going periodically and making requests and making space for that. You know, there's anything that you can build on top of that. If you have that. And most people lack that because where do we learn how to talk about sex? We don't. Right. <laughs> we don't even. We don't even see it modeled in movies. You know. I mean, we really oh, right. don't see. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm waiting for the brilliant film to come out where there's just like really, where we get that inside piece in a couple that's very communicative about sex. Like, what a great mm. story that would be. Mm. We don't see that story. I'm into it. I'm into that. Uh, so as you're talking, it, it, it reminds me of this piece of like, I'm a, like, I just, I really feel like that if we're looking and longing for something in a relationship outside ourselves, then the first place to get to work on that is with ourselves. I can be, I actually have to be sometimes mm-hmm. a little bit encouraged to like include another person in, in my personal development or like relational development. Almost. I think I can, I can really, I, and I don't, yeah whatever. That's like a, I don't know if there's something valuable in that. I think I'll say, I'll say this. I'll just kind of just sit with this for a moment, which is like, I think I'm in a point of contemplation around that, that I don't necessarily need an answer for, but I feel like there's something about the way that I used to do it. Um, that proved to be so accurate for so long, which was just like, I'm just like the relationships that I'm having are reflections of the relationship the relationships I'm having with other people are reflections of the relationship I have with myself, right? That like classic, mm-hmm. you know, I always think about Yolanda Yol- sure. Ben Zandt, who kind of like was, was the first person to put that in one sentence. It was the only relationship you have is there's only one relationship you have, the relationship you have with yourself. Everything else is just reflections of aspects. And, and it, that has proven to be so useful and, um, and, and, and has been a process of really clearing my vision and my hearing and my voice so that I have a better sense of like my, my experience and my perception so that I think it's become, I can hear other people better now because I, I can, because I can hear myself, which I guess is like its own thing, but I can also hear my own bias because I know my bias. So I can hear it when someone else is talking. I can, I already know the opinions that I'm having without necessarily needing them, needing to tell them. And so this kind of brings me to a, my draw to your work and B, why I'm really excited about the weekend because, um, the firewoman retreat, because this idea for me of the richness or the ability to, it's one thing to kind of take this into, and I, even as I say these words, I get this like buzz through my body, take these, like take these conversations to another person. Um, like, Oh, another person just to be, be able to you know, give myself permission, know what I want, aspects of sexuality. Like in, you know, your book, you break down these beautiful in the course, like you break down these, these like nine themes of, you know, their sexual empowerment, but they're also just, you know, I mean, their empowerment, they're being connected, their embodiment teachings and, um, and to, to practice that or to know that with oneself as the first landing, well, again, maybe not the first, but as an approach for me. So I, I don't know. I'd love to hear you to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, the nine elements of sexual empowerment just came organically out of the work that I was doing. Um, they were not, it was not an intellectual exercise where I sat down and I was like, I'm going to come up with the nine elements <laughs> and that will make up my book, you know? Um, uh, so it really was about, looking at, well, what are the conversations that everybody needs to have? You know, when I look back over the years at all the clients I've been working with, both in my group programs and my individual clients, what are the conversations I'm having over and over? Um, What are the places where people get stuck the most? 
Um, what, what are the places where when people have breakthroughs, it has like the most impact. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, in a way it was just like this beautiful way to, to review what I had been doing, what I'd been immersed in and to put it into a framework that people could digest. You know, I think a lot of times, a lot of times people's reaction to my work is also like an overwhelm, um, because, it can feel like there's so many aspects of our sexuality that need attention Mm. and like, where do I start? You know, I think people get like really um, caught up in where to start. And so then they get paralyzed and they just don't like anything else in life um, that often can happen. And so I try to give people a lot of permission to just like, just start somewhere. It's okay. You know, in, with my book, I say it in the book, like start wherever you want. You know, I had to put the elements in an order because it's a book, but you can, you can skip to element number five. <laughs> you can go read about desire or you can go read about play or you can go read about, you know, fire or, you know, body or whatever. So, um, you know, I start with voice in the book and I do start with voice in the work that I do in general because um, everybody needs support around that. You know, like we don't know how to have those sexual conversations and it starts with what's the conversation in my head? How am I talking about sex with myself? So, um, as you say, you know, um, so it's that internal and external voice. So I do start there. Um, but yeah, I think it looks different for everybody. And some people are like, I'm good on these ones, you know, but these are the ones that I really need the support on. So yeah, that was my approach with the book. And then that really is, you know, these are the elements that I've been teaching and writing the book just gave me a stronger framework for teaching them um, and gave people lots of in ways, you know, lots of um, points of entry into the work. For sure. And actually, I can totally relate to that because I made a, a card game, an Oracle deck card game. And what I did was I made a list of mm. the teachings that like the phrases that I said would just say over and like over two decades, like no matter kind of what people were going through, what were the things that came out of my mouth over and over and over again? I made a list of Mm -hmm. lots Mm -hmm. of lots and lots and lots of them, way more than 72 cards, you know, and I made these cards that are just these, you know, like way more than nine elements. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's like the things that we say, like in each of those, those themes. And sometimes I think about that. I look at the cards and there's a lot of them that the theme is boundaries. And I'm always looking at that when mm-hmm. I when I'm going through my deck of cards, where I'm like, oh, this is another boundary card, another boundary card, another boundary card. You know, these like mm-hmm. singular phrases, you know. And uh, I love mm-hmm. that. I love that that kind of organic evolution, and it kind of echoes back to that element of, of voice, or um, to me, in like a like a like a soulful. I think a lot of the people. I think a lot of us. A lot of a lot of my people are profoundly aware and on their path in some way you know that's that's like that's not you're not that lost babe I know it like you're like you're already on it you know and you are like you're already you're already on it and there's this like this this deep longing to like like really hone it in like am I really doing the thing am I really doing the thing and and one of the the things that I often offer people is like I'm sure you're doing it like you're absolutely doing it and probably paying attention and hearing the thing that you're doing all the time, right, is the thing that will eventually become like if there is, you know, if there is an element or like a a core teaching or a way to your delivery method, like your voice, like what your voice is trying to bring into the concert of the collective, right? Like, like, like mm-hmm. you're working with like these like nine entry points, like it's a doorway that we, that we're creating thresholds for one another. And that, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like, I'm, that's always what I'm doing. And there's like particular, there's like a particular thing that I'm, I'm built to help people kind of connect to or walk through and that you're built to kind of help people connect to and walk through. And the, and the way that we do that organically is the way that we do that organically. And just when we do that with enough time. I tell, you know, I was kind of re- reflecting on it this past year with some of my students and was like, after about 10 years, it's, there's like a, there's like a redundancy that starts to happen. And then I feel like over the kind of next 10 years and that is when that redundancy begins to kind of fine tune itself a lot of the times. And that's where you kind of find people, you know, and again, not like there's a hard timeline, but that there is this like rhythm or pattern to that process. Um, and that kind of finding that place of the thing that you keep doing. But like, that's, that's the thing, um, which I just love in the way like that, 
I just love that part of just like, even in your work, it to me, it has that same spiral of just like, I start with the voice because like, like, because I listened to like, like I listened, like you listened to yourself and it was, and you listen to the people like you're listening and like in that space. Um, and that's where you came from to kind of clarify an entry point. Yeah. And, you know, and it is a spiral. I mean, it, it just, it deepens all the time. There's always yeah. new things, you know, and I think, I don't know if that's true for everything. Um, it certainly is true for sexuality, which is so vast and, you know, there's so many aspects of it and there's always more to learn. Mm. Uh, and so that makes it exciting because there is always more to learn and there's always more to contribute. Um, it's still a very pioneering field in many ways. Mm. So, um, so that keeps it interesting. You know, I really, I don't get bored in my work. Sometimes it's about form. It's like, I need a new form. Um, yeah. And I've been in that space this year of uh, this last year, you know, experimenting with some of my curricula and how I want to teach it and present it to people and uh, in a way that takes care of my energy. And um, yeah, just looking at doing it in different ways, you know, using different media in a sense, if I were an artist, which I am, but if this were my art, which it is part of my art. That's, uh, I guess this is this is like a moot point then. Just never mind. <laughs> if I was going to use a metaphor like, about oh. actuality, um, exactly, it's a good idea. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the metaphor of my real life. <laughs> also true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I like the idea of being in the sexual arts. You know, it's a se- yes! sexual arts. Yes, I'm gonna yell about um, that. I think yes! that. Yes, 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 yes. I think yes. some people would hear that. Boy, if you think they're they're confused when I tell them I do sexual empowerment, they're going to be really confused then. But, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just you know, like the up. visual arts, the performing arts, the sexual arts. The sexual arts. Yes. Well, again, as someone who also identifies as a healing artist, right? Like I, like I dig that. Like it's like not necessarily the thing that I lead with. As when, I, when someone says, what do you mm-hmm. do? I don't necessarily say, oh, I'm a healing artist, but... I understand that I'm in the healing arts, like that, that, and that the, the process of medicine, the medicine arts, the process of healing, um, is, is, is an art that is, uh, that's full of skills and crafts and is a limitless ever perpetuating changing landscape. Yeah. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Indeed, indeed, indeed. I always think about that, like, like learning new things and how it's like, even if the thing hasn't changed, when my perception changes, I then, like when my awareness increases, when I kind of expand my perception, then I literally have expanded my perception, which means now I see more. So then there's more to know, right? That like, that's what happens. Like, it's like, I like have this increased awareness. And then if I think about it as like a, a view, if I make a metaphor here, so it's like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, one up a step or I've gone up like four steps in a ladder and then I look around, it's like my view has changed. And so my understanding of what I previously understood is now in a different context. And so to like yeah. have all of those things re- rearrange or be in com- conversation and, and to, to practice. Um, and this is one of the things that's like, I, like I, I hear just like as you're talking that, place of um to practice like as a way of living of like constantly being in that creative space which is to like allow a previously understood concept to have new meaning or new understanding um when it's in when when it's in a shifted context and our reality is always shifting so we're never like we're never actually at a loss of like I don't I want to say never. It's a very bold statement. But like, as far as I can tell, we're like spinning through the cosmos and perpetually like shifting. So, you know, if we stay really present with that, there's always that creative potential. Not only is it act- actively creative potential active, but also just in that, like what was true a week and a half ago, like it's a new, in a new context now. Exactly. And I think that if, if people approached their sexual life and their relationship life that way, um, 
it would keep everything a hell of a lot more interesting, mm. right? Yeah. Um, because then you'd stay in the curiosity of your partner rather than get into the autopilot. And you stay in the discovery of your sexuality rather than in the, like, oh, I already know everything, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and even as I've been talking about the Firewoman retreat, you know, I can see people responding on either side of that, you know, kind of in the, I don't need that, you know, like there's nothing for me to learn there, you know, or that's for those people. That's not for me. Um, and then people that are really in the openness to be in the curiosity and the play of it and the, and the mystery of it. Um, because yeah, you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, even though people may know some of what we're going to be doing. Um, it's just different to be there. And so that, that openness of like, Ooh, let me just go see what I can discover and what experiences I can have and what new things I can learn rather than, um, the deciding that there isn't something there, you know? So I think we approach a lot of things in our lives. And if you approach, you know, one thing, you know, whether it's, you know, your sexual life, your relationships that way, you're going to approach other things like that. And of course, that is one of the biggest struggles that I think we have. I think women in particular have, um, just because I primarily work with women, although I do think it's true for people, of lots of genders, um, just that ability to really receive and be open to something uh, is so hard, such a big challenge. So I think that's such a big piece of it. And so if we can be open to those new perspectives that you're talking about and, and that understanding that you're on a, you're on a path, you know, and you don't know what the end of the path looks like right now. Um, otherwise why walk it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you get to, you get to like enjoy, enjoy it all the way along, you know, then that's just a very different approach. And, um, and one that unfortunately I think because people get so shut down and shamed or nervous or traumatized or, um, or just embarrassed about sexuality, they don't allow themselves to have that. And, uh, that goes a long way (laughs) in creating a sexual life that feels really satisfying and and fulfilling. Yeah. I, I want to know what, creative in this like new form space that you're in like what what new form is like got you lit up and going right now what's feeling um on yeah yeah I love it um my play yeah working on my play um getting back into <laughs> squeal yeah, about it. The, you're writing a play the creativity and the the performance um artist that I, I am and that I have really put to the side, you know, I'm finishing my film right now at your cervix, which I've been working on for an embarrassing number of years. Um, no, it is just, <laughs> it is one of those projects. It just took that long. So, yeah. um, but we are getting ready to finish that, which is very exciting. Um, Whoop. but I've been working on it for so long. It's not maybe it's in the same way exciting uh-huh. as it could be. Um, but, uh, yeah, talk about that'll be a new phase. Um, but yeah, my play, uh, Volvolution, actually, it's appropriate for this show. Oh, I love um, that. I, <laughs> yeah, I put Volvolution I up that. in 1999, the same year that I published my first book, Lesbian Sex Secrets for Men. So it was, and I was in a couple other projects. I was in a Betty Dodson video and like, there was a lot of exposure that year. I, I really went back underground. I burrowed a hole after that. I was like, yeah. I need to go hide. Uh-huh. Um, it was a lot, but, uh, and, uh, Volvolution, we did an amazing run in New York, uh, with an 11 woman cast and we've added several characters. We're, I, you know, I really have been missing performance and the stage and just doing this other kind of creative work. And, um, uh, after I went on a trip to Mexico, I went on a Olivia cruise or Olivia kind of vacation event, which is like a women's vacation event. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was there like sexpert for the week. And I was like, yeah, give me a show in the theater. Let me do a show one night. So I did a show and I just got the bug and it just was so much fun. I was like, oh my God, I missed this. 
So I got home and I called up Julia, my co-writer and director, and was like, Julia, I think it's time. I want to I want to put Volvolution back up. I always knew I would do it again. Um, and we didn't have enough time to really develop it and develop the characters quite as much as we would have liked back then. We had a great first run. And, you know, so now we're getting to do that work. And it's just been so much fun. Um, you know, she was completely on board. I was like, I want to put it up in L.A. You know, yes. we can take it back to New York. So, um so that's what we're doing. So, and we've just committed to meeting every week. She's like, I'm really busy. I'm like, I know I'm really busy too. And so the deal is the only way we're going to move the needle on this is if we meet regularly. And, uh, I think we only missed one week and that was last week. Cause I was just so crazed and yeah. we just had limited time. And so we skipped it, but, but we have met every week since we've been working on it all summer. And, um, We've added three characters. We're just like totally geeked about it, really worked on their backstories and just developed it. And just, yeah, we're just revising the whole thing. I mean, it was solid, you know, when I got it, I was like, oh, this is still good and it's still relevant. This is great. You know? mm. um, and it can be better. So let's let's really push push the envelope on it. So I feel super excited about that. And uh, she's actually coming out for Firewoman Retreat. <gasps> Excellent. Um, I was like, why don't you, yeah, I was like, why don't you come to the retreat and then we'll do a reading because we knew <gasps> our, our timeline, which we pretty much are on par for, which is amazing after At Your Cervix. <laughs> the many timelines that came and went <laughs> during At Your Cervix. Um, yeah, we're completely on track. So we actually are going to do a table reading of it uh, after Firewoman while she's here. So. Um, so we can hear it and yeah, we're getting close. We're excited. So that is, that's been fun. So exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited. Super fun. You're doing yeah, it right after the characters Fire are Woman? fun. We're going to do the table reading. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, probably, you know, I'll take a couple days, but then we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. Just earlier today, I was thinking, I wonder if I'm going to stay down that, stay down there for a minute. I feel like there might be something that I want to. So that's funny. But just earlier today, oh my gosh, I was just yeah. thinking about come, that. Come like, read one of the roles. Totally. Okay, you can totally I'm come there. read one of the done. roles. I'm I would done. love it. I'm in 100%. Oh my God. I'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll have to come to LA. No, but, I'll just you know, stay. As long as you're up Coming for, for the retreat. I'll just stay. Cool. Done. I'm ex- awesome. I'm, that's yeah. my light. That's, I'm, a, I'm not going to make words or sentences. I'm just going to just make sounds now. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I love it. Totally. Said, yeah. yeah. Come read a part. Yeah. That's yeah. my, I'm a yell about it because that's, as you were talking, I'm like, that's my, like, I, I, the stage is like, it's like, I love my life. I love my work. And it's like, patience, patience, darling. Like it will be there, you know, I'm just like, I just, I love the stage. I just love it. It's such a modality, such a modality. And, and it's such a circuit, such a full circuit modality it's such like Mm -hmm. such a giving such a receiving space that's just and storytelling I mean I love story I love storytelling and and uh I I do um I do live action role-playing I actually owned a summer camp I do like a archetype based community development like communication teen empowerment program that I did as a teen and then co-owned and ran and all of this it's amazing Mm -hmm. you gotta come play it is amazing. Oh my gosh, and it's amazing. It's so good. It's so good. And we play these like epic adventures. And I was just saying the other day, I think my soul has survived this like chunk of time not being like in, in theater direct, like explicit theater space, you know, cause we're using those skills and like, you know, and, and the craft and the, and, and the en- similar performance energy. Like, you know, I, I use it a lot in my life, but, um, I was like LARPing, like being in character for being in another character, being in character for hours at a time and exploring the sensations and the connection and the storytelling um, that isn't my own. And yet, of course, there's like, like what story isn't, isn't our story, right? Like there's just like every story is our story. Um, and uh, it's like I just keep hearing that notion rolling around in my head so big these days, which is like there is no child that's not our child, right? Like my mm-hmm. mom said to me years ago, like like she said it over the years, but she said it to me recently again, where she's like, it's a mark of maturity when you realize that every every child is your child. That like there is, you can't look at a child mm-hmm. and it's like they're not like because they're children. <laughs> and children have to be cared for. Like that's the deal. That's like the whole deal, you know. And um. So to like have that, um, just that 
So I'm very excited because singing is my, oh my God. I, Amy Jo, I think you'll appreciate this. So when I was in fourth grade, I found this journal years ago. When I was in fourth grade, mm -hmm. and they asked, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And what I wrote in fourth grade was, I will be a singer. And if that doesn't work out, my backup plan is I will be a poet. Aww. <laughs> You're like, because I'll definitely be able to have a better career That's as a poet. That one's more of a sure thing. <laughs> because a poet, being a poet is a solid, predictable path. <laughs> you know, we've got the voice on TV. I think there should be like the poet. Like yes. that should be a show. Oh my gosh. That's so real. Oh my gosh. I'm, yeah, I'm such incredible poet. And then I'm just like flooded with poets in my brain, standing again in front of poets, like powerhouse poets on stages. Powerful thing. The voice, the poet. Yeah. That's a good show. That's a good the show. Poet. Do you hear right. us, Ethers? Bring it. The true. poets. Exactly. That's good. That's really good. I love it. Yeah. Creative process. Do you sing? Um, you know, for myself, <laughs> I sing a little bit. I sing a little bit. I love to sing. Um, yeah. and it's something I've always actually wanted to get a little more training around than mm -hmm. I've had. So that's still on the list. I still nice. want to learn piano or cello too. So you mm. know, I, I love music I'm, it, music's a huge part of my life. And I know a lot about music. Um, and I never fully devoted myself to it to really, have it you know really to be a musician and so I've been like an avid appreciator of music but something I would love to do more of and there is going to be music in this play there's going to be some pretty fantastic song and dance numbers like a la like Book of Mormon but about vulvas and um I'm crying <laughs> inside I can't even describe what's happening in my body right now I can't because I'm pro with that but oh my god <laughs> yeah we're pretty excited about it it's a buzz that goes from my womb to my belly button. That's what it is. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love sound. it. I love it. <laughs> yes, the book and of I hope it makes that vulvas. sound. That's good. Uh, yep. <laughs> it does, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, good. These are pleasure sounds. There will be some pretty so epic really. song and dance scenes. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. It's so good. So good. So my, my, my two closing questions are, the first is where, where do you like to have people come and find you and connect with you? What's your, what's your preferred method of, of connection? People want to. Oh gosh. I mean, I'm a you. writer, you know, yeah. get on my mailing list. I write you love letters every Friday, usually Friday. You know, I had a couple Sundays happen recently, but you know, sometimes we like to mix it up, right? Yeah, it's being right. creative and then you, do, you don't know to expect the love letter on Sunday and then it comes. So, um, so yeah, I send out love letters and, and videos and, you know, yeah, I'd love for people to come be a part of our community. You can, uh, sign up. There's like a little seven part sexual empowerment course on my homepage. That's the easiest place to go. Um, I've got lots of other resources and things that I offer my tribe and, um, go, um, check out sexual empowerment, YouTube channel. That's my YouTube channel. And, um, I'm sexual empowerment on Instagram and I'm just Amy Joe Goddard on Facebook and Twitter and would love to connect with people in any of those places. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely would love to, to keep in touch and be in more conversation. And, um, I, I love that about the people in my community and their, their responsiveness. And, you know, a lot of times people just reply and send notes and, you know, I ask questions and we're in, you know, there's some conversation there, which is really sweet. Hmm. So, uh, always appreciate that. And, uh, and yeah, if, if you are up for a firewoman retreat, it is October 12th through the 14th. And I would love to see you live and in person more Me than anything too. for the, for the women here. Yeah. Come, come be with both of us. <laughs> Firewoman it up, come be with us. Oh yeah. my god, it's gonna be amazing. It's at the fire garden, by the way. Oh. And there will be fire dancers and fire sculptures and it's just <laughs> gonna be all kinds of fire. But like contained, contained healthy fires. Yes. Friendly. <laughs> so, yes, kind. Yes. Exactly. Friendly and, fire. Yes, commun <laughs> communion. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, beautiful. Awesome. Yes. Ritual fires. Yes. Ritual fires they call. They do. That's real. I, I wish a little side note before my question, my other thing here, which is just to speak, we are like in autumn 
we are like in, we are just like do not it is happening we are in harvest and harvest is sorting the wheat from the chaff it is the time of 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 sorting what are you taking with you like what do you want we've like had all that you know all the abundance or the or if if it's been if it's been a tough summer right like if it's been a lot it's like 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 honing in and really getting clear like what are you taking in what are you letting go and that's that's what is happening right now and and so ritual ritual fires water ritual um grief acknowledgement um these are things that are just very alive for all of us right now as we're like stepping into and like harvesting our dreams and really kind of stepping into that um and letting go because one of the funny things about dreams coming true and showing up to them is that kind of like I was talking about before that notion of like reality is often different and and often in its sweetness there's there's like a a be- I don't want like, there can be like almost like a better than the dream or the fantasy because it's because it's real because it's because it's like sensory like this full sensory experience that can be really fulfilling and yet the idea or the dream passing by sometimes in and of itself um, is its own grief and its loss in that in that completion space too so there's just lots of Mm -hmm. reasons and ways to be like honoring Um, and I'll throw at the end of the notes for this too I'll throw a grief ritual up um, if anybody's kind of just if that's happening in your you're in that letting go space it's just a writing prompt grief, grief ritual I'll throw up there's a link in there too that is alive for people that wanted to come in beautiful huh. um uh my unless you want to say something before my final question no i'm ready okay. lay it on me all right here it is okay so we i <laughs> like I, this is me and all, the royal we the, the royal we <laughs> one of my psychic ladies she says remember the multiplicity refers to itself as we love her so much <laughs> the, multi- the multiplicity um so if we don't know where we're headed we might end up where we're going right if you don't know where you're headed you end up where you're going so one of the things in that i am inviting you into is this place of i i believe i feel like i i have crossed a threshold and i walk in a reality that is moving in the direction of of, of a more whole, more peaceful, um, beautiful planet, relationships, mm-hmm. limitless. That's where I'm going, mm-hmm. where I'm mm-hmm. going. I'm committed. That's where I'm going. And I believe that's where you're going. And I believe that's where we, all of us on this, hanging out wherever you may be in your car, mowing the lawn or whatever it is that you're doing, what we're doing here is 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 bringing that world into being and so what i would love for you to do amy joe is to tell us what that world looks like like paint a picture an aspect like where are we going this this healed hold place that we believe in what does it feel like what does it taste like Mm, you ask great questions Mm. um it's a great place to to end yeah in the vision right yeah you know i i truly believe that our sexuality is the core of who we are it is the life force it is the juice it is um it is the ecstasy it is you know the beauty and the joy of being in a human body and um some of us don't want to be in a human body we don't like being human we fight Uh it we fight our bodies we fight our health, we fight um, being on the planet, you know, we don't want to be here, we're grumpy, we're, you know, and yeah, it's, it's not always the easiest place to be. And so I think it really is like embracing the fullness of our humanness and how amazing it is that we get to be in a human body and that we see so clearly how amazing that is that we cease to pick on our bodies. Like that would just seem absolutely bizarre to do that in this world right because like you're so lucky to have a body oh my Mm. god it's amazing Mm. what your body does for you I mean never would you speak an ill word towards your body Mm -mm. and I think that that would completely change our world because Mm. so much energy 
you know, and I think, again, particularly with women, but I think, I think that we've all got our, our thing to bear, mm-hmm. uh, across to bear around body image and how we love our bodies and how, how we're existing in them. Um, and I think the amount of energy it would free up, which is creative energy, your sexual energy is your creative energy. And so the amount that it would free up just to overcome that piece is enormous. And so I think we would be in a much more creative, vibrant, ecstatic, orgasmic, loving, nature-filled world. And it would be a world where we, you know, we respect the land as much as we respect women's bodies and all bodies and um, people who have disabilities and um, people who are challenged in many different ways and people who are different from us. Like all of that would just become beautiful and it would be um, very um, almost perplexing that we would, would do anything other than that, other than treat you know, each human being as the, the divine creative source juice, you know, being that they are. So that's, that's the world I'm walking towards and why I'm so committed to this work, you know, and I think even when we have, when we create a fraction of that in our lives, how much it changes us. Yes. And the ripple effect of those around us. Yeah. Immeasurable for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. To that world. I'm in, I'm there. That's where I'm going. (laughs) Happy to have you happy to have you with us thank you so much amy joe for joining us today thank you for having me coming on this is awesome for our snug time and uh yeah i like it i I liked it with you too i like it you ask unpredictable questions which keeps it interesting right um, you know and that's okay it's like like no shade for anybody who is listening who's an interviewer um you know, sometimes there just are those very standard questions that we get. So I love that you kept me on my toes too. <laughs> so yeah. 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 Delighted. 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 Beautiful. Well, just so much love and, and blessings and just echoing of that world. Yes. That world. Thank and you. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's com. I don't even know if I said that out loud. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> That is my full name. Amy <laughs> Goddard.com and around. Around. Go find her. I, I went and found her. I recommend going and finding her. Come find us. Come join us at the retreat. That'd be awesome. <laughs> this is and good. Yeah, Firewoman Retreat. Check it out. Come. Let's check it out. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Love okay. It. All right. Okay. Love everybody. Love you. And I'll just say once again, come hang out with me on Instagram. I'm ridiculous all the time. It's just my real life on those stories. I'm just me. So come hang out with me and send me your little comments on my little things. I love it. And, uh, and, uh, if you see a good post, uh, tag me in it and let me know. And uh, if you know someone who wants to come on the show, send them my way. And that's it. I just love y'all. Have, have a great, wherever you are and uh and know that uh amy joe and i and i speak for you so let me know if i'm wrong here which is that we just we just (laughs) celebrate and honor your precious human form so thank you for having it and being here and uh have a great adventure thank you so much for listening thank you so much and thank you sam thank you sophia Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wiseone, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. 
If you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Y'all know you need to hear that, though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.